Father, we, we, we thank you that we can pray to you as our Father. We thank you for the privilege of that, that we recognize that it's not because we don't get to approach you because of how righteous we are in ourselves and how good we are and that you owe us nothing, Lord. Actually, you owe us nothing but, but wrath and justice for our sin. But Lord, we, we thank you that because of your son, Jesus Christ, because of what he's done with for us in our behalf on the cross and his resurrection, that we can boldly approach your throne of grace. Lord, and we thank you that because of that, Lord, that you have, that we, we can know you and, and, and be reconciled to you and have this relationship with you. Lord, that, that we can know you through your word, that, that we, we not only read your word, we not only study your word, Lord, but that, 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 that we have new hearts that would delight in your word. And so, Father, pray that that would be true, that we would delight in your word because we would delight in you. That as we talk about your church, that we talk about the, your people, that we would delight in your people, that we would love your people because we love you. And so, Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts this morning in these ways. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So uh, what we were doing, we started uh, um, about three weeks ago before uh, Resurrection Sunday and before the missions report last week. We started a, uh, a new section as we talk about the church on the covenant community of the church. As we're talking about what does it look like as we do community together. And really a lot of this, we started by talking about what does it look like to be part of the church? And really what, and what we call that is church membership. And as I said, that different churches may, um, have different de- descriptions of what that is. Um, but, but biblically there is this, this concept of a, a formal commitment to the local body that we are not individually Lone Ranger Christians, that we are committed to the body, uh, which includes submission to the accountability of that church and its leadership and, 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 and a commitment to love and encourage and, and, and do life together as part of the church. And as I shared last time, that even churches, at least my, in my experience, even churches that say they don't believe in church membership try to do that somehow. I, I shared that uh, in college, I was part of a Calvary Chapel church, which is, is, is very um, um, well known that, that we don't, they, they say we don't believe in church membership at Calvary Chapel. And yet you have to, in order to um, go to, you know, and serve in the church, you have to go to a class and you have to learn about the doctrine of the church. You have to agree with the doctrine of the church. You have to, you know, know the church and the church know you and you have to be plugged into a small group so you can be um, kind of held accountable by the church and be involved in the life of the church and, and have all these kind of commitments that go with being part of the church. And, and you could say you don't believe in church membership, but that's what we call church membership. Right? And, and so, it, because it's, and why do they do that? Because it's biblical. So, and, 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 and that's what we we're looking at here. What does it look like? And so, we started by just looking at examples of that. What are the examples of what does the church look like in relationship to each other, in, especially in the book of Acts, as we're seeing this picture of the early church? And so, um, we're not going to look at all those again. We're just, uh, just going to sum those up. Is that you look at, it, at this, this interesting. Uh, way that the church was described in Acts throughout, starting in Acts 2 and Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 6, Acts 11, Acts 16. And there's this idea of numbering, that they were num- they had that formal accounting numbering of the church. That there was, and it wasn't just about, look at our numbers, look at that, we are you know, bigger than Judaism. That, that's not the idea, right? The idea was, is that they wanted to know who was part of the church, that, 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 who was in and who was out, uh, uh, who, who the church was responsible for, who they were, they were caring for. 
Um, we also see in, in Acts 5, we looked at that as well, is that there was a, a distinction between those inside and those outside the church. After Ananias and Sapphira, it said that, that, that there was this distinction between those who are part of the church and those who, 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 who were not willing to be, make that commitment to be part of the church. There was an inside and an outside. We'll see that later when we study 1 Corinthians, um, uh, 1 Corinthians as well. Um, and then we saw later, uh, finally, we saw a few weeks ago that in, in Acts 18, Romans 16, Colossians 4, 2 Corinthians 3, that th- this, this aspect that, um, not that it was, well, in general, that there was no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. That if you left one church and you went to another, another place, another city, that a practice was this idea that the churches would often write a letter or some sort of information and kind of transferring that, that shepherding responsibility in the sense of, we care for this person, we're transferring and making sure that they get plugged into another church. Right? That, not that, okay, we love you and we just hope that you figure it out. We're just sending you off and we just hope you figure it out and we hope you just don't abandon the faith, right? And, and no, that they're, 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 they're transferring that shepherding care. And as, as we talked about, that, that nowhere in the New Testament do we see that this command that we have to write a letter. I don't think it's wrong. I think there's some beneficial practices with that. But the, 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 the more important thing there is the as, aspect of, is that, that, that wherever you were, that, that the idea first was not... that. that in moving, in tr- changing locations, in wherever God providentially has you, part of God's plan is that you would be part of a local body of, of the church. And so we saw that this, these are just examples, right? These aren't, uh, we want to be careful not to take too much doctrine out of examples, right? It's description, not prescription. But when we look at what is described, then we start to put it into combination with what is prescribed theologically and, and also as commands for believers. As we start looking at the next couple of weeks, we see that those really fit together. Um, any questions? Is that, you know, that's kind of, let me see, three, four minutes review of what we did uh, a few weeks ago, any, any questions there before we were, before we get... Were the churches, um, like, talking to each other, like, involved with each other, so they knew when you moved from one to another that you were going to a Christian church, a Bible-believing mm-hmm. church? Yeah, you know, and, and ex- our examples that we have as we look back is that there there seems to be this, this picture of, there is this an aspect of, and we'll talk about that later, I think of autonomy, where each church was their own body. I think that this, people trying to read back in some sort of ecclesiastical system, like the, the Roman Catholic Church or something, I think they're trying to read in uh, after the fact. But there's, but the same sense that they're, they're very interconnected. Right, that there was, there was, there was communication, there was common, um, mission, missionary endeavors and supports, those sort of things. And, and, and one of the ways that, that also was, was sending a letter ahead or sending a letter with people, uh, as, as, as sort of commending them so that they could jump right into service and sh- jump right into ministry and jump right into, to being a part of the, um, this person, you know, we, this person came to faith here, they were baptized here, they were serving here, that there's, there's a sort of accommodation that seems to be happening there as well, so. Yeah. And, and, you know, and earlier, right, that there, there seems to be, because there was, there's, it was, you know, growth and there was less churches, but even, even later on in the, in the, in the epistles and things, you see that the, the evidence of that. And so, yeah. Questions, thoughts, other questions, thoughts, comments? That's a good question. So. Are you talking specifically to me and Louise today? I'm not. I, I'm, this, this is, this is just where we are. This is where we've, uh, but, but it's, it is the point. I think you guys are a great example in the sense of, the New Testament mindset, if we can be careful, we have to be careful of, I, I think it's backed up by our prescription, what we see later, is, 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 is 
church is not secondary, right? Is that if we're moving here, if there's a job opportunity here, we're going to retire here, there's, the, the church is not, oh, and I, I'm sure we'll find a church there, right? It's, it's not a secondary thing. It's a, God, you know, we, we want to be here. You know, maybe, maybe we feel the Lord's leading here, but, but if we're going to be there, where are we going to, where are we going to fellowship? That, 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 that's, that's part of the mindset of the believer. So I think that, I, I think you guys are a good example of saying, we're, we're looking at moving, but part of, part of moving is not just, and I hope we find a church. I hope there's somewhere we're fellowship. No, no. Part of that process is where will we, where will we go to church? And so, yeah. We so, did, we discussed it. Yeah. And then we asked Pastor Paul Brown. Yeah. And then just going, he said, I do know one EV free church up there. Yeah. And it just happens to be Bob Johnson. Yeah. And yeah. They went to seminary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. So I would say that that's less talking to you. And I think that that's, you guys are living the example of what really the New Testament's picturing of the importance of what, you know, of that for the Christian. So, yeah. Because I had a heart attack, but mm-hmm. I will get. I know God will use that mm-hmm. in a way, but I am just so blessed. We yeah. feel very blessed. Praise God. Thank Good. You. Yeah. Good coffee's good too. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Thank. Thank you, Bob. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, now as we're looking, as we look through the examples, let's look at some of. Um, it also, it goes along with that example. So let's look at these biblical images and, and thinking through, and, and again, I, I think I'm preaching the choir here, right? I don't think I need to, to, to be proving this as much, but just, just to immerse ourselves in how the New Testament thinks about the church, thinks about the community of, of, of the people of God. And so let's look at some of these metaphors. Um, turn to First Corinthians 3. As you think about the ways that... The New Testament describes the people of God, describes the church as an actual assembled people committed to one another, not just an invisible group. I'm not saying that, as we've talked before, and let me me take a side ramp, off ramp here just real quick, and then we'll get back on the freeway, Um, that when you look at this, what people call the, the universal church, That's a theological concept. Um, and so people sometimes want to distinguish between the local, the, the universal church and the local church. The, the issue is, is in the New Testament, it just uses one word, church, right? But I would say theologically, if we want to think theologically, you could see both of those concepts. There are times when the, the Bible's talking about the, the church of, of, of every Christian that, that God knows is saved on, on the planet. And I would say that when you start looking at Hebrews, it starts using, uh, you'd have to say that part of the universal church is also those dead saints. That talks about the dead saints are also part of the church, you would have to say. The way that that, that language, and I can't remember where, it's in Hebrew somewhere, it talks about, um, that it uses that word ekklesia when it talks about um, uh, the, the saints that have died. And then, and then you then you talk about the local church, but the issue is that the Bible overlaps these because they're related, right? 
that, that I like John, St- and I know John Stott took it from other p- people as well, but I, I first heard it from John Stott, is he used the language of the invisible church. Right? Is that the, the universal church is an invisible church. We, we don't know, right? Is that you meet, meet someone, you meet someone in Fresno shopping at Target, and they say, yeah, I'm a Christian too. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you know, I'm a Christian, but, you know, Jesus and Buddha, they're the same thing. I don't think your definition of Christianity and my definition of Christianity are the same thing. Right? That, that, that just because someone says they're a Christian, there's, no, there's nothing that labels us, right? And so it's invisible. It's, it's what God knows as far as the church. Well, if we ask the question, how is the invisible made visible? It's through the local church, Right? How, how do we know that 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 that, that people you know uh, you know uh, understand the gospel and believe in the gospel and are living out the gospel? It's, th- it's through the community of the local church, and so and, and and so when we look at these things, we look at these metaphors. There's overlap. Is this invisible church? Is the universal? Is this local church? And I would say we're trying to theologically divide something that that biblically are are connected, right? The, the, the Bible is not trying to divide these issues, the Bible connects them and says that the local church is where the invisible is made visible. And so let's look at these, these metaphors here. And we're going to play a little game I got from uh, the, the, at the time he was the youth pastor at Grace Community Church. Now he's the college pastor at Grace Community Church. Um, and we're going to play a little game and it's going to call, we're calling it formal or informal relationship. And I know if you've heard my, me preach on this before, you've heard this and it's just one of my favorite games. So we're going to play it today. Um, as we look at these metaphors, just you, have, you tell me, is the Bible describing, when it describes God's people, his church, is it describing a formal relationship with another, one another, a committed relationship with one another, or an informal relationship with one another where maybe you just happen, will, will happen to meet someone at Target someday? Right? What kind of relationship does it describe? So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verses 9 through 17. <laughs> For we are God's fellow workers. You are his field, God's building. Uh, according to the grace God given me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care of how he builds upon it, uh, for no one can lay a foundation other than what is which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds in the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hair, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it was already it was revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work survives, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. Uh, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved as only through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Now, uh, we can talk about some of the, the illustrations and things that, and, and, and how he flushes this out, but let's just start with our game. Um, you are a build, the images of a building, right? Or a temple, right? This is building, temple, image. You, you see a similar thing in Ephesians chapter 2 and uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. So uh, you see similar things. The, 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 the parts of the building, the bricks of a building, formal or informal relationship with one another. You, let's hope it's formal. Right? Yeah, let's hope that, that the, 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 the parts of the building that we're standing on, on the second story, by the way, have a formal relationship, right? They're connected and they're here, 
right? That, 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 this, this, is, this, this is depicting not an invisible relationship, right? Not a, ah, I might be there, I might not. This is a formal connection, relationship, right? The brick does not say, I'm, I'm here sometimes, but sometimes I'm just not going to be here. Right? That, 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 that just that makes no sense with this imagery. Um, postmodern building. Postmodern building. <laughs> um, and, and, it's, and, and as you think about it, and, and, and that's what this image is. It's interesting that in 1 Corinthians, if you look at it, um, that in 1 Corinthians 3, and I didn't write down the other reference, and I, and I probably should have, but twice in 1 Corinthians uh, that, that people are referenced as, the temp, as God's temple, temple of God, temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and both of them, ESV has a little footnote um, that you is plural. Well, here, here's the problem. You as plural can mean you as a group or you individually as gathered together as the group, right? It doesn't, the, the Greek doesn't help you here. It's about context, and, and in the other context, it talks about sexual immorality and being a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's, it, it is talking about individually. So if you are a believer, you and you and you and you are individually temples of the Holy Spirit. That, that's not a wrong doctrine. But that's not the only way that 1 Corinthians talks about being a temple of the Holy Spirit. Because look in 1 Corinthians 3, we're not talking about us as individuals. The context of 1 Corinthians 3 is not about us as individuals, but about us as part of the church, right? Um, it, it, starting back in, 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 as I started in verse 9, all the way through that section, which it talks about, um, you know, the, 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 the building with different ways, which, man, you know, it, it, it's, it's funny about things that, I don't know about you, but... As you grow in your knowledge of scripture, sometimes you look back and if you've taught, even taught children, and you go, man, I taught that wrong. I don't know about you guys. I, I just, I remember uh, t- looking at this passage and going, this is a great passage about different things. I remember uh, teaching it at a youth camp and, and I had the boys gather different types of materials and then we got to light it all on fire, right? What a great boy activity, <laughs> Right, that they had to build different, build their structure with different material, and I took a giant thing of um, of lighter fluid and I doused all their buildings with lighter fluid, and we watched them burn. Right, they they loved it. This is like, man, this is this is youth camp one hundred and one. Right, this is back when we used to actually get rain. Um, but here's the problem with that: that's not what Paul's saying. And I, and I look, I still do devotional time and sometimes I'm going through First Corinthians and I go, ah, it hurts, it hurts. Um, because it's just, he's not talking about me and you. He's not talking about us individually. We're, we're removing it from the context. The context is about the church. How is, how is Paul and how are the Corinthians and how are teachers building the church as a unified church? He's talking in the context, if you go larger in 1 Corinthians, about divisions and the church. This is not a divided church. It's a unified church. And for those people who bring division into the church, they still might be saved. Those are the ones that are going to smell like smoke. But, it, it, it's, it, but he warns, if you destroy God's church, God's temple, the people of God, the united people of God, God will destroy him. And so this is, this is the context of the church, that we, there's, there's a way that, yes, individually we're temples of the Holy Spirit, 
But there's a way that, that we're not fully experienced what it is to be God's temple unless we're together as a church. And so that there's a, 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 um, a connection there and, a, and a, a commitment there and a relationship there that we have with one another. So, so that's the first picture. Any, any questions about that? Let me, let me pause before I keep going. Just questions, comments? Huh? It's sweet. It's sweet. Expound. Well, it, that's a sweet picture. You yeah. Know, it's a dear picture of who we are and how we're, you know, united and related to one another and yeah. what that temple is. Yeah. Know? And it's like, it's a privilege to be part of that. Yeah. And then, it, but it's a motivating thing as well. Like, yeah. Like, wow, I want to be a good part of that. Yeah. I want to help this temple, this structure be good and solid and... Uh, yeah. Bring praise, more praise to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sweet. It is, it is. That's a good description. Uh, let's 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 stay in First Corinthians. Flip over to chapter twelve. So this is another um, metaphor for God's people, for the church that is probably very familiar to you. First Corinthians chapter twelve. Starting in verse 12, uh, we'll read 12 through 27. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, and all, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the hand should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Wait, did I write that, read that right? If the, hand, because I'm, or if, the, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? And, but as it is, God arrange the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on, and, and on the, those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our in, unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which are our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So the church is described as, as Jesus' own body. Now, before we, we, we kind of dive into the imagery here, Let's ask our question. The parts of your body, formal or informal relationship with one another. Yeah, right? Pretty formal. At least, again, you better hope so. Right? No part of your body can say, ah, you know what? I just don't need you anymore. I'm good. That's right. Your kneecap's just going to go have a life on its own. Right? It, it, It makes no sense if it's not this formal, committed relationship with, other, with the other parts of the body, with other, other believers. There's, there, 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 it's, your, your body does not have an invisible relationship with one another, right? It, it, it is a visible, formal, connected relationship 
with one another. But and it's more than and as Ralph was kind of saying in, in, in with our last image. It's it's not just a, but it's so much more than a formal relationship, right? It's more than just saying, yeah, I guess we're part of the same body, right? The bricks, maybe maybe you can get that. I guess we're just part of the same building. But he's talking that that that. The, 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 the members of the body are so interrelated. I mean, I, I love that, that verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. I mean, he, he's pulling aspects of, 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 of physical bodies, which is true, right? I, I mean, if, if one member is suffering, right? If, if you've got something wrong, your whole body is feeling it. Right? I mean, it's not like, okay, you know what? I, I broke my arm, but the rest of me feels fine. No, you, 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 you as a body feel bad, right? And, and so that there's, and it's the same way that we're called to be. Um, and and, 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 and that, that means that that sort of, it's not just a formal relationship, but it's actually living out that relationship, right? Uh, uh, in commitment to one another, in a relationship with one another, um, as, 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 as we do that. And so... Question, thoughts, comments on, on that image as we're look at these images as, as God describes the church. I think just to be clear, when you say informal versus formal, you're talking about like closeness because um, it's just kind of like a little confusing just because like in um, Asian culture, mm. like with language, mm-hmm. you use, there's formal means you're not close to each other. Yeah. So Yeah, so yeah. That's that's true. I, I I could say maybe I should say um, some sort of uh, it's, it's a com- commit commitment language, right? That and and what I'm saying is is when we when we think of membership, the big issue with membership that that a lot of people have is this idea of why do I need to actually make make this formal commitment? Why can't I just be there? And my point is the Bible has no category for that. The Bible has a category of the fact that we are, we are so connected that, that we are committed to one another. We've made that commitment to one another. We, we live out that commitment to one another. And, 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 and I don't know. There's probably a better word than formal. I, I haven't thought of it. I don't know what it would be. But there's probably, you're right, though. There are some, some miscommunications that could come into, in, 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 into terms with there. In the same way that membership's probably not the best word, right? I, I just... Um, it's the word we use. Again, it's not a biblical word. It's a biblical concept, not a biblical word. I, because membership has so many other connotations, right? We think of what it is to be a member of, of Costco, right? And, and that's not the church, right? That, or, or to be a member of, of the Rotary Society. Again, that's not, there's, there's, it, doesn't, it doesn't communicate what it is. Um, and so that's why I, I, I don't know. Some of the, but some, there's, there's those overlapping languages. Is it, it is some sort of, Commitment, and it is a commitment that 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 we make to each other. It's some sort of formal commitment. Um, it's 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 not marriage, but there is there is some sort of covenant like commitment, right? How do you how do you start to describe that? I I don't know um, as far as English language at what we do, and because what, what what we're saying is that the Bible is describing these concepts, um, but if we want to use biblical language, I I, I I mean I think that that you know Corinthians uses the, the insider outsider language, which is just not probably not very PC today. Um, you know, the Bible uses this, this um, I mean, it, it uses imagery, right? It uses imagery of like, you're like, you're like, 
you know, you're, you're, you're like a collective bride. You're like a body. You're like a temple. But it's, it's interesting of, of how, do you, how do you sum that up into a title? I, I don't know. Yeah. It's almost similar to family versus acquaintance. And especially in the Jewish family, mm-hmm. family is so tight-knit. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, you look at the prodigal son. Yeah, which is funny because that, that's another image. That's another image they use. I, I think we're going to get there, right? That's another image is that we're the family, the household, right? Yeah, because family, so. family is, you know, it's, it's close, it's tight-knit. Yeah. And I guess my point with, with Jalea and with the formal aspect is, it is it's very opposite of, of culturally. Culturally, it's saying... You know, I, I'm, I'm my own person, or I'm my own person. We're our own family, and, and um, you know, that, that's what matters. And, and the Bible's saying is that, that that does matter, that you are the temple of God. Wherever you are, you're, you, you have a relationship with God. But there's an aspect where that, that, you're, that, that commitment you have to, 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 the, to the, the people of God matters as well. And so that's why I don't know the right language, the right words, but that's, yeah. But I, I, I can understand the confusion with that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you find one, let me know because I'd I'd love to. Yeah. I was thinking of the intimate. Yeah. Intimate and the connection, the connection, like picturing the bricks. Yeah. Like everybody in the church today could just be the bricks. Yeah. But if they're not cemented together with the mortar. Yeah. It's like once the mortar. If you're going to be a member. Yeah. Then you're going to get the mortar laid on, and you're going to get. Yeah. On there. Yeah. Now you're part of it. And and I think that's why the Bible is so good in this because. The Bible could just say, you know, oh, you're all church members, or you're all. But the, what the Bible does is it is it saying, how do you really describe what this meant to be? It's saying you're like a family, you're like a building, you're in, in, and that is actually, we actually get a better definition, a better picture. I think a stronger picture. In, 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 in the Bible's using these images, you know, and, and so that's that's what you know. I, I think it's just I don't know, and so so it's hard to put it is it is hard. I mean, I think that. What do you, you have to define it somehow, but it is difficult. So, yeah. Uh, Ephesians, turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. Also, it depends on the person. Because one image works better for one person than <coughs> and another works for a different person. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think also this aspect of one metaphor is never complete, right? That there's always ways that you read in too much. But when you start to look at the overlapping, well, what's the common denominators here? It's this aspect of commitment. It's this aspect of, of uh, interrelatedness. Is the, uh, you know, in, intimacy interrelatedness, this aspect there. It's this aspect of, 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 yeah, of real commitment to one another in the sense of, you know, I, I use the aspect of formal, but, but the, that we've really made this, 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 you could say, a covenant commitment with one another. Yeah, because yeah. someone that was possibly abused or given up as a child, mm-hmm. their That's family true. relationship, an yeah. intimate family relationship to them, yeah. doesn't mean the same thing as it would to me or you possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Where the building to them may be a stronger yeah. And someone that's more a family is better than and knows nothing about building, mm. the family is going to be more. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, so Ephesians 5, um, 25. Uh, where are we going? There we go. Uh, talks about husbands and wives, right? Uh, it's like husbands left your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, right? And then it goes on to describe and all the way through uh, saying that, that really this mystery is profound when the whole idea of marriage is that marriage is modeled after. When God created marriage in Genesis, he was modeling after what he was going to do uh, with Christ and the church. 
And so the, the, the church is the, the bride of Christ. Again, back to our game, right? And is that uh, Amanda and I, do we have a, 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 you could say committed, formal, right? A covenant relationship or just a, you know, informal, we can kind of go and take it as we, as we choose relationship, right? It, huh? What did you say? What did you say, Dave? I, said, I, hope, not. I hope not. Okay. Good. All right. That, yeah, I, mean, I hope not too. Um, right? There's this, there's this deep commitment. There is this, 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 there's a commitment that, that's been made. There's a covenant that's clear that we both made to another. There's a covenant commitment that we live out in relationship with one another. Um, in our membership material, I think Pastor Bob wrote this, if I remember originally, but our membership material for the church is <laughs> just so snarky. I just love it. He's, he's, I think Pastor Bob wrote, Can you imagine a man saying to his fiance, Dear, we are spiritually one. Please, let's not spoil it by having a public ceremony and moving under the same roof and opening a joint checking account and getting all organized and lived together. Let's keep this lovely thing between us just spiritual. The, the fiance might as well doubt the future of their relationship. You think? You know, that, 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 that there is an aspect of, of being officially married by going through that wedding ceremony and making that commitment to one another. And, 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 and uh, that's, that's part of the picture here. But it's, not, it's more than that, right? It's, it's no less than that. But it's also much more than that as, as, as you live that out with one another as well. I so. there were times in the Bible that the husband not met the wife before they got married, mm-hmm. but they made that commitment mm-hmm. beforehand. I, I think, and, and I don't want to read too much in the sense of, I would say it's less, I, I, I draw less out of that illustration, but I think it's a similar point of, I, I said um, the other week that, that there is, that I think the church, there's a backwards of, I want to, I want to belong, I want to feel like I belong before I commit. And, and, it's, and I think it's similar with marriage, right? I want to feel like I, I, I belong to this person and then I'll commit to them. And I think it's backwards that, 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 that the Bible describes that, that that feeling of belonging is going to come from the commitment, Right? There are times where I don't feel like we're, we're, we're getting along very well. Amen, dear? Yeah. All right. But what is it that, that reunites? What is it that brings out that is, is, is our, is our, is our commitment, we, the commitment we have to one another? And, and, and I think it's similar to a church, right? That, that, that we are committing to a church not because it fits my taste or these fit my people or I like these people. That's completely opposite the way the New Testament describes the church. Right, the, the New Testament is not saying I am committed to this church because all these people are like me and I like them. Mm-hmm. No, the church, New Testament describes the church as, as a diverse people, as, as people that, that we have to, stri- to, to, to strive to, to, to keep the unity of the bond of peace. Why do you have to try to keep unity? Because you're with people that there's disunity, right? And, and, and that, that, that we've committed to. And that's what, what Ephesians says that, that, that is a testimony to, to not just the world, but to the, the spiritual realm of, of, of God's amazing work in his church, that he would bring Jew and Gentile, that he'd bring slave and free, that he'd bring all these different people together as, as one body. And how, how amazing is that, that they're committed to love one another. And that, that puts flesh on Jesus' statements of that, that, um, that they will know your disciples by the way that you, you love one another. Is in the sense of saying, there are people that you have no reason, worldly speaking, to commit your life to. Not just, oh, I love everyone, and I'm a loving person, and I give out candy, and so they know I'm a Christian because I'm just a nice person. There's a lot of nice people. You don't need to know Jesus you know, to be a nice person in a lot of ways. Because a lot of times it's selfishly motivated, but that's, you know, that's there. But, but you know what you don't find in the world? is people with very different ideologies. 
people with very different worldviews at times, people with very different political views, very different generational gaps, different preferences, different cultures together, loving one another, committed to each other, saying sometimes we just don't understand each other because we were growing up in totally different backgrounds, but we're committed to one another and we love one another and we serve one another is the church. I, I, I think of the example um, after the last election of, of a church that, that a lot of people I know that I, I'm very, uh, um, very impacted by that, that's on, on, uh, on Capitol Hill in D.C. And that the day after when, when there's maybe in our country the most divisive rhetoric on both sides, the, the most divided, are, are, you know, because people get so, you know, so, so focused on politics, is that saying, well, what does it look like for people who voted differently to be worshiping together the, the next day? and loving one another, and committed to one another, and, and serving one another. Uh, that, that's something that our world has no... Ca- that's what our world wants, right? You look at it, we all need to be united. We need, all need to have the same and, and work together. And the world can't, can't provide that. But the church can, because there's something so much greater in our commitment to each other out of our love for Christ. And so, yeah. Doesn't this really all point to Matthew 22, the two greatest commandments? Where if we think of there's a cross, we have a vertical relationship mm-hmm. with Christ, we don't have that. I can't have a proper relationship with my neighbors, yeah. which is the second commandment. Yeah. And all this is really done in a spiritual realm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's the way I kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that that um, you, you know it, that that the way that that this is being described is saying with with without God, without the Holy Spirit, that that's impossible. I love one writer. One writer wrote about the church, and he wrote, and in, 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 out of imagery out of Ezekiel, I've shared this before, but I just it just sticks with me. And he, and he writes this image out of Ezekiel, when when the, the spirit, uh, the, the spirit, but the Shekinah glory departed from the temple. Right, that the people that the Israel was was doing worship, they were doing their worship, and one day God's glory was there, and the next day God's glory was gone, and they didn't know that there was anything different. It didn't change at all. Right after Ezekiel shows this vision of God's glory departing from the temple, there's no difference. And he asked the question that if, if, if thank thank God that it wouldn't happen, but if tomorrow the Holy Spirit up and left us, if tomorrow the Holy Spirit up and left everyone in this church, what would be different? What would be different? And and and, and you start to ask the questions: Would you still get together? with the same people that you get together with just because, well, yeah, because they're my friends and I like them and they have similar interests than me and they have a similar situation in life than me. So we'd probably still get together and hang out and get, do dinner and do lunch and do the similar things that we're doing. Well, what does that say? Right? Or is it saying, why, why in the world would you come and serve? Why would you come on, on a Sunday morning and give up your Sunday morning and, and serve a bunch of kids who are not your kids in, in children's church, right? And, and you get nothing out of it. We don't pay you. Thankfully, Chis was giving some snacks downstairs, but that's really not worth it, right? Well, well what, what motivation would you have to do that? None. Outside of the Holy Spirit working in you, being committed to different people, being committed to the church, being committed to, to people that are different than you and, and having relationships with people that you'd have no relationships with, uh, with uh, otherwise, Right, and and so and, and it's just a, I think it's an interesting question. I, I love that author's question. Is what what would be different, and, and what would be different relationally? Is is is, is there something different in uh, as we lay out the church? Yeah. That's something that really, honestly, mm-hmm. would it be different? And I don't think that should be a rhetorical question. Hmm. 
not different, then that's problematic. Mm-hmm. You know, if it if it's if it's the same, then it wasn't the spirit that's driving it. Mm-hmm. It was just some commonality, like you're saying. Oh yeah, I would still get together with those people. Well, then is the spirit really the bond? Yeah. Peace between them? Yeah. Well, it could be part of the bond also, but I think you also need to think at, well, if this is my... Because you do develop good relationships with them with time. Yes. Um, But it may be, you may be at a point where you need to think, okay, my little circle, I need to expand to more people that are in the church. Yeah. And gather more into my little circle. So I'm meeting more people and... Yeah developing relationships with them as well. I think that's, that's perfect. I, there's nothing wrong with, with saying, if, you are, if you're a young mom, that you're, you're together with young moms. There's nothing wrong with that. But I would say that the world would do that anyways. And you, if you were in a Christian, would probably do that anyways. But there's something different of saying that if you're a young mom and, and you're getting together with a, a retired you know, lady in the church and you, you're getting together and sharing life together, that's different. Yeah. There's something different about that. Right? Is that there, there's some different things. And, and, and so it's not saying, we're not saying one is wrong, but we're saying that it's, it's, there's something more that God has provided in the church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just time wise, because I'm preaching this morning, so I'm going to meet with a prayer group here in a little bit. But let's, let me, I'm just going to quote two other little ones, uh, two, other, two other scriptures. So 1 Timothy 3, we talked about earlier, uh, that we're called the family or the household of God. Families, right? Committed relationship, right? Uh, 1 Timothy 3.15. For the household or family of God. Also, Jesus' favorite illustration, one of his favorites to talk about um, his people is Matthew 18, is, is the little one, or these little ones are his flock, right? And, and it's just amazing how Jesus talks about his flock. And Luke, Jesus uses this illustration to talk about unsaved. And Matthew, Jesus is talking about those who are his flock, his, his little ones. And you know what's amazing? Is Jesus knows the exact number who's supposed to be there right? He knows that there's supposed to be a hundred there. He knows exactly how many are, are actually part of his flock, associated, committed parts of his flock, his church. He knows who to chase after. And that's why we as under shepherds would also desire the same thing. That's why we, we value membership is who, who, who says that this is my church in a, a in, I know it's not the best word, but in a formal declarative way. And, and that's, that's what we're talking about with, with membership. And so we're going to look more. Next week, we're going to look, start looking at the importance and the reasons and the purpose and the function, how this really, this kind of idea starts to flush our way out into the very relationships and the way life we live with one another. Um, and, and, so, and so first of all, I, I, I just say, if you're here and you're not a member, we, we love you and you're welcome to always be in, in, in class. But I think it's, it's, it's great. I'd encourage you to become a member. Um, Steve and I need our planner next class. We're probably going to have one in the next couple months. Um, and if you are a member, it's, it's, it's so much more, as Jalea said, than just being a, just having it's just a formality, right? It's not just because you're, you're on the church's Excel list and the member's email list. That's, that's, that's not what it is. But it's, 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 it's what Susan was saying, that who, who are we, how are we relating with one another? Who are we committing to, right? That, that how, who are we caring for? Is, is, do we have that type of relationship with, with, with it when one hurts, we, we, we all suffer? With it, when, when, when one, one is, is blessed, that we all are rejoicing. Um, and, and, and that we, so, so that means, first of all, we need to know who, who is actually part of the church, 
right? And, and that's why we have these members meetings. So we say, here are the new members of the church. Get to know them. Here are the people who have left. Be praying for them as they, they, they're, they're going to go in somewhere else, a different church. Um, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, as we care for one another and, and, and as we, we suffer together, as we rejoice together. And so, uh, let me pray for us. And then, and then I gotta, I gotta get rolling. But, uh, yes. Uh, well, in Matthew, Matthew talks about the sheep. That's Matthew 18, 10 through 14. And, and, and sometimes it gets confused because in Luke, uh, Jesus used that same thing of, of running after the one. In Luke, he talked about running after the one as far as rejoicing of someone being saved. But in Matthew, if you look at the context, he starts by talking about these little ones is that, that have faith like a child and he traces it all the way through. And, 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 and then he talks about, you know, one, you know, run, one running off. And after that, he goes into that church discipline, Matthew 18 passage, which is so he's talking there clearly about believers. And so, so that, but that one I was talking, referencing was Matthew 18, 10 through 14. So, all right, let me pray. Father, we just thank you. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that I, I think of your words through, through Paul and Ephesians, that we were once not a people. We were alienated from your people, Lord. We were on the outside from your people. And yet, because of Christ, Lord, that you have grafted us in, Lord, you have, have reconciled us with, with you and with your people that we were who were once not a people and now are now your people, the people of God. And Father, we pray that we would, we would cherish that, that, that we would see, as Ralph said earlier, that we see that, that that is sweet and that we would live that out in the way that we love one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.